Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, beauty, travel, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. Only you know what your body needs. Let this be the reminder that you have the power to tap in and know the food, self-care, and spiritual practices that will best serve you. I will be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can feel your best and live your dreams. Let's get started. Hi friends, welcome back to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I am your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, and I'm so excited for you guys to tune into this episode today because this is a really exciting moment for me. I have Natalia Benson on the podcast today. She is a spiritual business strategist, money mentor, astrologer, living in Southern California, and she is also one of the guests that I've always wanted to have on the podcast. Back when I was dreaming about launching my own podcast in 2017 and 2018, I knew that Natalia Benson would be one of those dream people to be able to chat with and interview on my Someday podcast. And it means so much that I'm in a place now where I was able to connect with her and have her on the show. It's a big moment for me, and I'm really glad that you're here to experience it with me and are tuning in. So if you aren't familiar with Natalia, she specializes in high-level conscious business coaching, digital course creation, and online monetization rooted in spiritual wellness offerings. She also has her own financial empowerment membership, Heartled Business School, and she hosts the Natalia Benson podcast with over 1 million downloads. Natalia has been quoted and featured in Women's Health, In Style, Well and Good, Yahoo Finance, and Hello Giggles. I know you have probably seen her somewhere online, so I'm so excited for you guys to learn a little bit more about the businesses that she has created, her specialty in astrology and helping people kind of tap in and tune in to their strengths so they can better bring that into their everyday life, whether that's their business, their career, or what they're wanting to roll into. In this episode, I dive into chatting with Natalia more about how she first got interested in astrology and started working in it at a time when not a lot of people were making a full-time living working as an astrologer. And then I'd want to learn more about her entrepreneurial mentors who helped her figure out how to launch her businesses and then how she learned to shift her businesses in a new direction and evolve. We talk about what soulmate clients are. If you guys follow her on social media or take any of her classes, you've definitely heard her talk about soulmate clients. So we dive into that. We dive into calling in your ideal employees. And of course, Natalia's current wellness routine, what's working for her. So that way you guys can hear the different tools that successful entrepreneurs use in their morning and evening routines and consider what may support you in your life. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Natalia Benson. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Natalia. Thank you, beautiful. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure. As I was telling you earlier, 
many years in the making, and I'm so grateful that we're finally getting to connect. Oh my God, me too. And I'm so, so, I'm super, super grateful. I'm excited about this conversation too. I feel like, and just if people aren't familiar with you, they really should be. And I think one of the things that I love about what you do, it's not just the astrology, but it's the way you brand. So I love how you've moved into branding and working with female entrepreneurs and your websites, all of them, every time they evolve, evolve have always impressed me so much. Thank you, babe. Yeah, you do such a beautiful job. Um, But I'd love to know, so we can get to where you are now, I'd love to start with how you first got into astrology. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a funny story, but the long and the short of it is I moved to Los Angeles thinking that I was going there to become a famous jewelry designer. That was like my first business. I started it when I was 19 and I was like, if I really want to bring this somewhere, I got to move to LA. And I just felt this pull to move to LA. Well, little did I know my guides were laughing because they're like, yeah, you think you're moving to LA for jewelry, but you're actually moving to essentially become an astrologer and a spiritual teacher, so to speak. So when I got to Los Angeles, um, I was in a relationship and the guy broke up with me like literally less than two, three months after I moved there. And I was so upset and I was sitting at the five and dime for anyone who's familiar with downtown LA. I was sitting at the five and dime, uh, in downtown and I will never forget. And I was like lamenting about this Gemini boyfriend breaking up with me. And I just remember sitting there and my friend looking at me and saying, have you ever heard of astrology? And I'll never forget that moment because that was the gateway. And she got me into this astrologer called Christopher Witecki. I started listening to his videos about the lunar transits every single day. I can't even believe he recorded videos for these every day. Like what an act of service. And I just listened to those almost religiously for a year until he ran a sale on his readings, $150 for a natal chart session which for me may as well have been $15,000. That was so much money to me. I was like, I can't believe I'm sending this random person from the internet $150. You know, this is back in 2009. And I had a session with him around, I guess at the time I was maybe 22 or 23. And when he read for me, I was so moved because I had never had anyone in my life spoke that much truth to me about myself. I was very influenced by my grandparents. They were very deep, very soulful people. But, you know, I'd never experienced what I experienced in that reading. And I remember getting off that call and sitting there And knowing, you know, I was actually addicted to alcohol and drugs at the time. So I was in a very, very dark place, but I just will never forget getting off that call and feeling deep in the core of my soul that I had accessed something that was very important for my life and very important for my path. And so after that session, he actually told me, he said, you are going to be this. He's like, you are here to be an an empowerment. You are here to have a message, to speak, to write. 
um, social media, which I had already been really good at because of my jewelry business. I use social media at the beginning days of it. And I just began to study after that. I got very into astrology even more deeply and very into working with the tarot. And so that's really it. I just, I had an experience where I just felt so unbelievably witnessed by something that I just couldn't turn away from it. And that's really how I've guided my entire life. Like it's been a slow process for me. It still is, to be honest. Like I'm actually a very patient person, even though I'm an Aries, like I've got this Capricorn ascendant. So I'm willing to be on the path as, you know, just walk up the mountain slowly. But I have to say like astrology is just this thing that I'm so devoted to because it is such a beautiful, beautiful science. It's a beautiful art and science, I like to say. And that was really the beginning for me was just having a session and just, and he was an extremely skilled astrologer. Like Mm -hmm. I've never had a session that powerful ever since. And that was really, it was the perfect person because it really welcomed me in to my relationship with astrology and becoming what I like to call like a student of astrology, which I still consider myself a student of astrology. It's something that people can study for a lifetime. And I always wonder with people like you who pick up astrology as a career and have the ability to read it. Now you've spent a lot of time studying it and Mm -hmm. learned the language, but I often feel like people like you who pick it up in what seems like easy that you've learned it before. It's a language you already knew. Um, Do you find that with other astrologers that it's in their chart, that the skill is, is actually appears in their chart? Definitely. And what's interesting is and I, and I believe this, I'm very, I, um, I call myself like what I consider like an esoteric astrologer, spiritual astrologer, because like mundane astrology, I'm not very good at it. Like my Capricorn mom is like, tell me how this is usable. And I'm like, can we just talk about your multi lifetimes? Like, I just like, it's kind of, it's kind of a joke that we have, but I really am so drawn to the idea of past lives and, the journey of the soul. And this is why astrology is so captivating to me because the idea is that it's a blueprint of the soul. And to answer your question specifically, I have this belief and I, it just, I, I think it's so beautiful, but really the idea that when we're drawn to something, especially like astrology, we build the skill over many lifetimes because astrology is a very, very deep study. And just like you said, Whitney, you can study it like your whole life. Like it literally never ends. It is so, so prolific in that way. But yes, 100%, I will see that when someone is an astrologer or a healer, there will be unique aspects or points or placements that show up in the chart, um, really pointing to the direction or the necessity to unfold themselves as a mystical practitioner or an astrologer or whatever it may be. Do you think that the timing was right on for you to learn about astrology? Do you think your life leading up to that and maybe your addictions as well would have been different 
if someone had sat you down at an earlier age and showed you your chart and showed you kind of your natural gifts? Oh, I I love that question. I mean, I think everything that I experienced, at least the way that I look at it, I've just made so much peace with it because I definitely have moments where my ego will kick in and it'll be like, well, yeah, what if I did learn certain things sooner? Or what if I, I don't know, did I need to go through addiction to unfold these parts of my personality? But, you know, I don't think I would have been ready to be honest. I have changed so much over many, many years, just like we all do, we evolve. But I don't know that I would have ever been ready for that mystical depth that is very present in my chart. Because for me, I ha- as a Capricorn ascendant and anyone who has either Capricorn sun, many Capricorn placements, a Capricorn ascendant like me, well, if you have a Capricorn ascendant, Pluto would have moved through your 12th house of spirituality and depth and healing starting in about the year 2008, 2009. Well, wouldn't you know it? That was about the year that I started using drugs ironically, and it was the year I moved to LA. But throughout that decade plus, as Pluto was moving through my 12th, that deepened me spiritually a lot. And Pluto in astrology, it's known as like, a malefic planet because it's very intense and it will, it will really invite you in a potent, actually Pluto doesn't invite Pluto demands that you, that you transform. There's some part of your personality that needs to die and be reborn. And so for me and for anyone, any Capricorn ascendant over that decade, the transit would have been occurring through that 12th house of spirituality, the subconscious past lives. And I happen to have Neptune there as well. So it was really a transit of unfolding and unlocking my, my relationship to my spirit. So just to simply answer your question, babe, like, I don't think I would have been ready. I I was not always like this at all. I used to be very, very different, very Aries, very selfish, Um, and selfish is relative. Like I definitely have always been very self-involved. Now I see it as more of a healthy thing. Like when my cup is full, I have more to give. But when I was younger, I would say it didn't have that much intention around it. It was just kind of selfish, but I just, I, I definitely have changed a lot and it's powerful when you know your transits or you can look at your transits because you're just like, holy shit, kind of the symphony of the universe and the way that our transits reveal, uh, certain influences and, and astrology as, um, I think it's Isabel Hackey. I'll have to look it up, but she's a spiritual astrologer. She says, astrology does not tell you what will happen. It tells you what can happen. And we, we do have free will and we are, you know, dancing this dance of our transits of, what is meant to happen, what we're creating. Anywho, so that's like, it's one of my favorite topics, but definitely this, I think that the timing was perfect, even though I definitely like suffered a lot and put myself probably through more than I needed to. But on the other side of it, it it all makes sense now in, in hindsight and with that Pluto transit. Well, since we're essentially in a new age, you know, 
we we have entered the age of Aquarius, but we're also in a new age in what people are willing to teach their kids. Everyone's a little more open-minded. Everyone's a little more, you could say, woo-woo. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think is a good age to introduce someone to their natal chart? You know, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, gosh, I wish I could get a reading done for one of my kids. Maybe this would really help them. What do you think a good age is to actually get your chart read and for someone to get on a call or sit down with an astrologer if they're a kid or a teenager? Well, well, first, obviously, first and foremost, that's always, there's two things that come to mind. Number one, it's so relative for the, hmm, first, it's very important who you were to take them to. So as the parent, it's just like maybe you wouldn't sit your kid in front of like extremely traumatizing television for six hours. You know what I mean? It's like yes. being really being really intentional about what uh, what someone is exposed to and from who. And I would just say first making sure that that astrologer is a good communicator and really rooted from a place of empowerment and helping that child or teenager understand themselves, accept themselves. Like that's really important to me and how I communicate and use the tool of astrology, not in any kind of fatalistic way or to scare someone, but to rather help them understand themselves and give context as to why they have just to give them context. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about astrology is it can really grant context. But then what I would say is it's obviously, I think a really, I don't want to give any hard and fast age because every kid, every person is so different. And I would just say, this is never something to force on someone. Either they are open to it at the age of eight or 18, or they're never open to it. And they're like, get out of my face. Like you like astrology. I don't want to like astrology. So it's, I think it's so relative, but the first thing that I would say first and foremost is like, it's so important to make sure that you feel very, very comfortable with how that astrologer communicates. Because, you know, I think that the mystical, whether it be astrology, tarot, psychic gifts, these are deep responsibilities. Like I could look at you, Whitney, and give you the most loving compliment and tell you something about yourself. And you could think about it till your very last day. I could look at you and say something so unkind and hurl something in your direction. And you will think about it for a long time. Our words are powerful. And I just think, especially with psychic gifts or mystical systems like astrology, they hold a lot of power and we just need to be responsible with how they're used. And I think if they're being used from that place of empowerment, then no matter your age, there's something that you can gain from the system. So with that in mind, when did you decide that your hobby of astrology was more than just that and that you wanted to turn it into your business? I never thought that this was going to be what it is ever Like I just didn't, astrology was, I did readings, I did tarot readings, 
but I was, um, I had my jewelry line for nine years. I thought that was going to be the thing. Then I had a little social media consulting business. I thought that would be something that would take me somewhere. I thought I had an electronic music project. I thought that was going to be the thing. And it was all, but I was always doing astrology and tarot. Always. I was always doing it for myself. I was always doing it for other people, whether it was little events or like I used to read tarot at this hotel in Los Angeles. It's like, I just, it was kind of always there, but in my mind, it was never like, this is going to be the thing. Mm -hmm. I just knew I loved it. I knew I loved helping people with it. And then yeah, I don't know. It's kind of funny, honestly, because I just look back sometimes and I think that like my guides like have a little chuckle at me because they're like, yeah, you just really resisted this part of yourself for such a long time. And then all of a sudden I would say, honestly, in like 2017, very strongly in 2018, I feel like the climate really shifted and wellness and astrology and all of this stuff just really, of course, astrology is always, I mean, there's been horoscopes in like your city newspaper. Like it's not like it hasn't been around, but there was really this climate in Los Angeles that really, really shifted. And because I'd been doing it for so long and I was kind of like the weirdo that always like liked it and would share about it, all of a sudden it was kind of like these two things that just met. And it wasn't necessarily that I had this grand vision of, well, I love astrology. I, I do it for myself. I do readings and some day it's going to be the core of this business. I never saw it as that. I just didn't. And it's not for lack of imagination. I just thought I was supposed to do different things and It's just funny how the thing we love the most that we literally logically think isn't the thing is usually the thing. Like that's just kind of God's sense of humor. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's really just, I feel so truly so privileged and extremely, extremely fortunate that I never gave up on this part of myself because being super deep and sensitive and then also studying in my bedroom by myself all the time. Like it's just kind of beautiful how one day you're just like, Oh wow, this could be something. And at this point it is something that is really impactful and really, um, really serves people. And so, but even, I don't know if you saw this whip, but just last Sunday I sat down and, you know, I'm creating something. So I'm sitting back down, I'm doing my studies again. And it reminds me of my whole decade of my twenties of just studying my astrology books, but it's never, it never ends. And it's, it's really fun that this is like such a big part of my life now. And it's the core of, of my work and, and my business, which is really just beautiful. And it shows how people are ready for it now, I think more than ever. Which is, I think, what's so fun about Mm -hmm. what you do right now and what I do right now is we can have conversations that we usually would have kept behind closed doors that we would just have had with a select group of friends that we felt like were open-minded and that we could kind of say anything to. And now everyone's open to hearing about it and everyone's open to learning. And, you know, as the saying goes take what serves you, leave what doesn't. Um, But there's never ending studies available to us, which is so exciting. And it's all to help us have a better life. 
Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. It's like, if you're not using it to become, I don't even like the word use, but if you're not utilizing it to become a more holistic expression of yourself, I actually ran into this guy. I was, I was in Laguna, like getting a matcha per usual. And this guy asked the name of my dog and I said, Oh, it's tarot. And he goes, Oh, you're into that stuff. I go, yeah. And he's like, are you, what are, what do you mean? I was like, Oh, I'm actually an astrologer. And yeah, I've read tarot for like 13 years. He's like, and he gets into this whole conversation with me about what is it? Why? And I was like, well, honestly, it's really just about creating more self-awareness. And he's like, well, what's the point of that? And I was like, I don't think we should have this conversation anymore. I was like, if you're, I was like, look, I don't need to talk you into it, but it's like, I know for myself, I want to live a more self-aware life because the more self-aware that I am, the more grace I give other people. And I was like, you don't seem to be in that position in this very moment where you want to give me any grace. So maybe the self-awareness would be good for you, but I can't force that upon you. You're either into this stuff or you want to be into it or just circumnavigate in another direction. But the tools are there to help us be more conscientious with ourselves, with our own shit. And then perhaps extend that grace to other people. And one thing I love about astrology is that it does, like, even if I'm just being silly with it, it's like, I love knowing that someone is a cancer or someone has a moon in Gemini or whatever. And my clients, that's everything I do with them. I need to know their chart so I can also communicate with them as an individual and not like force my ideas or what I think that they should do. So anywho, that's a, that's a really, really big thing. And, and I think such a beautiful piece of the tool is just that grace, compassion, um, that we can not only give to ourselves, but also just respect that other people are different from us. And that's, that, yeah, that's part of that's part of the rules, I guess. Well, as an astrologer, I know your business has really evolved, and what you're doing now is so much more coaching and entrepreneurship and working with women. I'd love to know, especially for the people that are listening to this episode, and they're really working on listening to their intuition, lis- listening to those little pings. What was happening over the past few months or few years that? the little nudges that you were getting that you needed to evolve your business again? I mean, the truth is that the way, what has helped me most in doing that has been being mentored by other people. Like I actually, one of my best friends who she started as one of my coaches, um, I remember we were talking one day and I had just done a really deep EFT tapping session that day around purpose. And then she and I had a session and all of a sudden I realized this was like the beginning of 2021, I think. And I was just like, whoa, I have been terrified to talk more about money and business because I'm afraid people are, are going to judge me. But I'm like, I love teaching about this. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 19. I've been studying money since I was 23. I'm just like, this has always been a part of my life. Again, that little sense of humor thing I said, where it's like the thing you love or the thing that guides you, it's like right under your nose. And essentially, I just feel like sometimes mentors can really see your blind spots Mm -hmm. and they can call you forward 
in a way where it's like, whoa, I'm really afraid to look in that corner because what does that mean? Like, what am I going to have to give up in terms of my identity or my comfort zone to actually live through that passion or live through that expression and that embodiment of who I actually am? Um, that was a big piece, that conversation with, uh, Victoria. And then I would also just say like, when I get stuck, I'm always like, where am I in the should? Like, am I shoulding? Is this a should? Am I looking at someone else and what they're doing? And it seems like it's working. So I think I should do that. And for me personally, and also I'm not as versed in human design, but I do really Mm -hmm. like human design. And I think for business, it's also really powerful, especially for your decision-making. It's just like a really, really cool thing, um, to understand like your authority and, essentially that's been a big thing too, is like listening to that sacral authority for me. Like I'm a Manny Gen sacral authority, if anyone's familiar, but, um, for me, it's really like those gut feelings. Like when I feel burnt out, that's usually cause my sacral is burnt out on something. And as soon as I started to become more privy to that, it really shifted like the shooting and really started to move me into like authentic. Uh, I, people say authentic alignment all the time, but like, I really mean that, like it really did help me move into a place of just a more authentic embodied path and get out of the shoulds. Um, that would probably, those would probably be two of the, the biggest things that have served me mentorship and then getting out of the shoulds and for anyone who's interested or I'm sure your, your community knows their human design, but leaning into that, like authority of just like how you make decisions is like a really, really big thing too. So you can trust like your path and your blueprint. How did you find your mentors and how did you decide if you needed a business mentor or just like a personal mentor to dive kind of deep with you? Well, for me, I've always looked for someone who has both. So I feel like the people that I've worked with over the years, I mean, definitely when I first started, it was business mentor all the way. My first coach ever was named Sophie. I found her in the craziest way. Like this is how, you know, like Providence moves with you because some things you just literally cannot. I'm really into talking to myself out loud and also asking for things out loud. And even before I knew that that was a thing, um, it's really crazy to look back and be like, Oh my God, something really responds to us like when we're willing to ask. And so Sophie was one of my first business coaches. I worked with another business coach after her. And over the years, I've just trusted again, that gut, like who am I drawn to? Like who is living or breathing their work or they're offering something that really feels like the next thing for me. I ended up working with a coach for about two years named Taylor Ray, all around funnels. She really helped me look. I used to be so anti funnels and automations. I thought it was a cop out. Like if you're not burning out every other week, then you're not doing it right. I mean, silly, but that was really my, it was just sort of my like, inner dialogue. And she really helped me see that 
creating funnels, building automations, that these are the things that actually can help me serve more people. And it really created a lot more ease and spaciousness in my nervous system. Um, I worked with Chris Harder for a little while. I work with Victoria Washington, who I just mentioned. And yeah, there's just been, it's more been like, what does this person person offer? Does that call to me? And who are they as a human being and their character? I've definitely worked with coaches before where it was just purely like, okay, they're talking numbers or this. And to be honest, those were always my worst experiences because there never really felt like the not that, I mean, obviously I'm a, I'm a business mentor, like numbers are important, but I always found like when I was working with someone, cause they talk numbers all the time and their revenue all the time. For me, those were always the experiences that fell the most flat because that's just not really how I function. So I definitely have had my share of incredible mentors who were really heart led. And then some where it was just kind of more like it was just an experience or tuition to learn more about myself, but not necessarily the right fit for me. And I think that that is true as we all journey through this industry and through personal development and spiritual growth, there's going to be people that really are there to nourish and support you. And then there's going to be people where it's just not really the right fit. So I've had a mixture of all of the things and I'm a Sagittarius moon. So I just, I really love like mentorship and guidance and all that good stuff. Are there any spiritual practices or hands-on healing practices, different modalities that you've used over the years or you're using right now that have also helped you with your business, either provide you clarity or just helped your body, um, anything like that, that has been really supportive. God, I love that question. I mean, yeah. Like where do I begin? I mean, first and foremost, definitely with my body, like movement exercise, um, I really struggled with my body like most of my life. Definitely doing a lot better now. I had like a big health, kind of a big health upset a couple months ago that really kind of leveled me. And it really woke me up to just this very unhealthy relationship that I'd had with my body that I'd kind of struggled with off and on all my life. And I think that at the core of everything is our relationship to our body. Like I have some days that are either extremely demanding creatively or extremely demanding because I have to be on or do my sessions or whatever it may be or teach. And so if I don't feel good and comfortable and healthful and vital in my body, it's very hard to show up and serve. So body first, um, I love movement. Like I'm an Aries. So movement, I'm actually back right now doing weight training again, which I'm loving. And I would say the next piece over the years, that's been really big for me has been like EFT tapping, um, hypnotherapy, and anything that just like really works on the nervous system and the subconscious. I've been in EMDR off and on for the past, like, I guess I started EMDR about a year ago and that's been extremely transformative. Um, being, you know, I have a lot of Gemini in my chart, a lot of Aries, and we can have a very high gear nervous system. So things that are just a little bit more like calming, grounding, like help kind of smooth the kinks in the nervous system. 
that's very important because it's hard. I actually can have trouble. Well, I'm sure the matcha doesn't help, but I love matcha so much. It's the, it's the last vice I have is my matcha, my, my love of matcha. But I will say that like being addicted to the things that help me feel more centered is very, very important and health, healthy addiction. But I have a very addictive personality. And over the years, it has been exploring with myself, like, what are the things that help me root? What are the things that help me feel more peaceful? Um, and just really exploring and uncovering. Like I I love exploring different tools. My new thing lately has been red light. I like do red light meditation. And since this thing happened a couple of months ago, I've just really been in this mode of like exploring more of like my feminine receptive energy. Cause even when I was doing a lot of like kundalini yoga, it'd always be very active meditations, like things where I'm chanting, I'm singing, I'm doing all this different stuff. And lately it's like, get your darn singing bowl, turn on this red light. You know, you sit there naked and I'm just like, just sit here and just play your singing bowl and see what thoughts come up, but just sit here in silence for a couple of minutes. And that's really been like a big thing for me because as someone who likes to be on a lot, I also have to create space or not even have to, but I choose to create spaces for myself where like, I don't have a lot of input. I'm really just in a place where I can be receptive. So that's a great question. Beach walks are a big tool of mine now, just getting my feet into the ocean really quickly, just finding more ways to just like downregulate myself and feel safe in spaciousness and quiet. And that's a big deal for someone like me to say something like this. Cause yeah, throughout my life, I've, that has not been the story, but it's fun. I think healing and maturing over time where you just create your va- my values have changed. Like what is important to me and how I feel and how present I can be with another person is super, super invaluable to me at this point. So I have to do things when I'm alone to help me be more present and a little bit less high, high wired. Hi, I'm chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond real salt, prepare the blends listening to kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 magic herbs and spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. I love learning about what people do Mm -hmm. to relax and receive because I feel like 
a lot of us, whether you're a man or a woman, if you have to take care of yourself, then you learn how to keep going, going, going. And it yeah. gets harder as we age to just receive and then let someone yes. do something for us. And even when we just try to relax, we can get really uncomfortable just sitting and receiving the red light therapy. You know, you mm-hmm. don't have to do anything. You just have mm-hmm. to receive. Mm-hmm. And that can get uncomfortable. And so yes. I find that it's it's kind of interesting how sometimes we have to relearn the things that we knew how to naturally do as children. And I think one of them is receiving, especially for women these days. I'd love to share something too, babe. Like that's really cool that you just, yeah, reiterated that word receiving because when I got sick a couple months ago, ended up in the hospital right down here at Providence. It was, it was an interesting day. And I started watching Tyler Henry, like Hollywood medium. I watched mm-hmm. like, I've literally probably watched a hundred episodes in the last few months. And I just kept getting this hit, like get a book about mediumship, get a book about mediumship. So I've actually been reading this book by Danielle Dion called magical mediumship. And that's another reason I created this all this little altar in my room and my red light. Cause I'm like, I definitely, you know, regardless of where I take that practice and I'm going to even see if I can, like, I'm not really sure, but I'm excited to just learn and see if I can learn the tool of mediumship. I was like, either way, I've got to be a better receiver. And I have to know, like, I've really been in this deeper conversation lately with my guides with my ancestors. I have a painting of my grandma on my wall in my office. And it's like, just, I've really opened my mind and my heart and my life to this different kind of receptivity because I used to not function that way at all. Cause it kind of scared me, mm-hmm. but over the last few months, that's really shifted. And just bringing up that idea of like quiet and silence and receiving and being with my red light. It's just like, that's a really big deal for me because I want to prime that muscle of receptivity and feel safe with it. Um, and in my past and in a lot of my life, and I think in other lifetimes, I have never felt safe with that. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, and I think for many of us, it is a new practice because, maybe safety hasn't been a part of our life. So it's definitely a big thing to feel safe, to slow down, to just be. And just to also, for me, it's also in this interesting chapter of like, I want to see if I can hone this skill and, you know, connect to my guides more deeply in the service of helping not only my own life, but also helping other people. So stay tuned. Such a Manny John. I'm like, what's the next thing? I'm like, I want to learn that. You can. Um, so mediumship always came very easy to me, but I didn't start taking classes until a few years ago. And I took classes in person every Wednesday night. And oh my God, where? Um, so I took my classes. There used to be a spiritual school in Irvine. And I took really? yeah, I took in-person mediumship classes every Wednesday night um, for two years. And I had known since I was a little girl that I was a medium, mm-hmm. but I always felt like, you know, I need to find a, t- find a teacher to yes. fine tune the skill and control whether when it's on and when it's off because like we're talking about it was overwhelming you know and I would try to find ways to not feel that way or not see things because it 
um, it plays into your nervous system, right? Absolutely. And so finally, I waited a long time, but finally, um, in my thirties, I went and started taking classes regularly and it was wonderful. It was a great gift. And I played around with doing it as like a little side business. And then Mm -hmm. I finally realized, no, it's just a skill I want to have. It's a hobby. So cool. You know, it's a natural skill I want to have. I want to be able to use it to support anyone in my family, yes, any friends. That's how myself. I feel, babe. Like it's just yes. a tool. It's a tool for my tool belt. It's a great gift that I was given in this lifetime, but I yes. don't need to do it for a living. But what I love about it is I'm a chef. I can close my eyes. And I can look into all my clients' refrigerators. I can look into their pantries. I can look into their kitchen that is shelves. so cool. Right? And I can see what they You're still like, have hey, left. you bought those graham crackers. Like, no. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, I can see if they have like butter left in their fridge or Parmesan left or any lemons. Like I can tap in and intuitively know if it's there. And then if I if I don't trust it, I can just reach out and email them and, and ask. But it's fun to play with that intuitive practice. And you can do it for yourself. So cool. You know, you can be at the grocery store and be like, do I really need to pick that up? No, I'm going to trust that I see and feel that we still have that in the fridge or the pantry. So I'm not going to buy it. So it's just a great skill that everybody can utilize. But like astrology, I think for some of us, um, it comes in easier. Yeah. Like I love that you say that you knew, cause I've never felt that way. Like I've never been someone where like, I've never seen anything. I've definitely had pretty wild paranormal experiences throughout my life. I think the spiritual, the spirit world, the unseen has definitely communicated with me through animals and very, Definitely some very interesting, some very intense, some just like so blow your mind, but it's like, it's always kind of been a part, but the, the medium piece, I just think that's so cool. And I know so many people where they're like, yeah, I've known this since I was young and I don't know. I don't think I ever knew. I never, people ask me that a lot where they'll be like, were you like, like this when you were, I was like, God, no, I wasn't, I wasn't like this at all. Like, I think I was very connected to nature and very sensitive, but I wasn't, I just think that's so, that's so fascinating. And also what you say about it being a tool, that's exactly how I feel about it. And the truth is I've also noticed since I've been less afraid of all of this, it's helped me have very healthy boundaries with other people. Meaning I used to be someone, I'm very friendly and I also, have you ever learned about the nodes in astrology, like North node, South node? I've heard people talk about North node and the importance, but then I never remember. Okay. So the nodes are so freaking cool. And for anyone who wants to go deeper into this topic, astrology for the soul by Jan Spiller, she is a remarkable, remarkable astrologer. And she has many, many books, but one of the books that she has that's extremely powerful is about the nodes and you will read it and be like, shit, I'm getting called out right now because the nodes kind of call you out. They're literally about your soul path in a lifetime. Your North node is the direction you're meant to go, but it's kind of uncomfortable. Your South node is many past lives, mastery, but also a bit of a comfort zone. And 
What's really, really interesting, I have North Node. I'm born in 1987, and so my North Node is in Aries. My South Node is in Libra. And as I'm reading Jan Spiller's book, which I've learned a lot about my nodes, I've had powerful experiences, and we could we can go into a little technical about the nodes if you want, or we can save it for another time. But really what I noticed and what really anchored in for me reading her book was just this reminder that I am a very, very kind, sensitive person, and that's okay. But in this lifetime, I also have to learn how to have good boundaries with people. And I had that astrologer when I was 22, told me the same, the exact damn same thing. He was like, you need to know who to let in and who not. Like that's a really big lesson for you in this life. And the reason I bring that up is because as I started to read this book about mediumship and understand that I can have healthy boundaries with the other side, that was really healing. Cause I think for me as like a kid, a girl from Arizona and my like old babysitters used to just let, let us watch whatever, like the amount of traumatizing films I've seen. Like I was so young, but like we're watching poltergeist, we're watching all this crazy shit. And of course adults, maybe at the time, they didn't think anything of it. They're like, oh, they're kids, who cares? But what's interesting is when we're young and the subconscious is so open, that's, we're very impressionable. And so I really created this attitude that the unseen was very dangerous and very unsafe. And whether that's from this lifetime or others, but what I will say is it's been really beautiful, even just in the last few months, really reorienting my relationship. And it's made me have better boundaries with the living, (laughs) like where I'm just like, hey, I understand my sensitivity and that it's a power of mine, but I'm also gonna be here with you and not take on your energy. Cause that used to be one of my worst, worst habits. Um, so I would definitely say for anyone, if you would just like, like life balance, life fulfillment, you're stuck in a rut or you just want to really know your purpose, the nodes tell you. And what I love is that I always have a little running astrology joke that I get a few chuckles out of, but, um, really the idea that if I only talked about the nodes, that's, I could just talk about the nodes you don't. And this is a bold thing to say, but in astrology, you don't need much else. You of course want it. And it's very important to know the whole picture, but if you can just anchor in on your nodal placements, there's so much power in that. It really, really is very, very big. And that's a bold statement to say, but I really, really stand by it. So for those listening and they have access to their natal chart, when they look at their natal chart, do they just need to look at the sign at the top of their chart or do they have to locate the North node and then... Yeah, you want to find the actual node. Exactly. So the nodes actually, depending on the chart or the, um, yeah, the chart that you're using, uh, the nodes are going to look, the North node looks like a horseshoe, like a Mm -hmm. right side up horseshoe with the little circles on the end. And then the South node is like the upside down horseshoe. They're always 180 degrees away from each other. The North node is where you're heading. The South node is what you need to integrate in order to get to your, to your North node. If you solely live in your South node, which lots of people do, cause we just get scared to do new things, then we 
can run into imbalances or just kind of feel thwarted in a certain way. But if we're willing, it's kind of like the alchemist by Paulo Coelho. When, when we're willing to move into that new territory and do the new thing and move in a new direction, even though it's scary at first, there is so much magic and support just like the alchemist receives in, in the book. So I almost look at the alchemist as a story of the nodes, to be honest, which is really interesting. Well, thank you. You've given me some homework, so I'm excited to look into it. Oh, I'm excited for you. I had so many questions I wanted to ask you about your business and how it's evolved and so many other questions relating to that, but we're running out of time. So do you mind if I do like just a few power questions with you? Of course. And if you, if you want to ask me a few, I don't know how long you like these to be, but I've got a little more time. So it's totally up to you. All right. Perfect. So I'd love to know what your definition of abundant money mindset is. Okay. So abundant money mindset. So first and foremost, like what is abundance? So abundance is working with the energet, the energetic of overflow, or the, let's say the energy of overflow. Mm. There's a, there's a channel that I love called Bashar. And he has a really funny channel where he goes, somebody's asking him about money and he goes abundance. A-B-U-N-D-A-N-C-E. Where in there do you hear anything about the word money? But we, as human beings, we have the association with money. And we're totally right. That is one source of abundance. But the idea of abundance, at least from my perspective and just in my experience of healing my relationship to this, it is almost like skipping the line, meaning you're connecting to the energy of overflow that is behind whatever it is that you want to be abundant. So something I teach a lot in my work, because this has been such a big thing, healing scarcity in my nervous system has been my number one focus forever, (laughs) forever. Like it's, it's a big thing. And it's something I see with a lot of the women that I work with as well. And when we can work with the power of abundance, well, number one, it becomes less about the money in the bank account and the number and more about the feeling behind the number. Mm-hmm. What do you, if you have a hundred thousand dollars in your bank account, what does that mean to you? If you have a hundred thousand dollars in assets, what does it mean to you by way of a feeling? Because you are not looking for the number for the sake of the number. You want it for a feeling. You don't want money for money. If the currency of the world were highlighters, we would all covet highlighters and we would say highlighters are evil and highlighters are good or what the heck ever, whatever we want. But for whatever it is, currency, the current of energy that we're working with right now is money. So if we want to look at abundant money mindset, my invitation, you know, this is going to sound probably way too simple, but it's like, can you connect with the source of whatever abundance is to you? Is it joy? Is it peace? And what are the ways that you get that feeling? Because if you want to create more of that in your life, you cannot be looking at your bank account and thinking there's not enough. There is not enough. The next piece of that is how can I take care of what I already have? So I teach financial organization I think it's one of the most abundant things that we can ever do is to take care of what we have and organize what we have. So 
money mindset, it's not something I talk about a ton, but definitely in terms of like abundance or an abundant mindset, I always say connect to the emotion of whatever it is that you think money will give you and practice it in your daily life. Do you get a, do you get a feeling of joy by going out to the ocean and like sticking your feet in? Do you get the feeling of peace by meditating for 30 minutes in the morning? It's like, how can you access this feeling that you think money will give you? And money's important. Like I'll talk about money all day. I teach about it not every day, but it's like, we also have to connect to the emotional energetic side of it. And that is being connected to a creative power, something beyond the money, the feeling, the emotion, the creative, and, and also the creator, whatever you know, relationship you have to that is whatever the universe, God, whatever. When I want to tap into that feeling of abundance, I have to close my eyes and picture something that represents abundance to me. And that's usually Mm. a tree filled with like beautiful little nectarines or Mm. an avocado tree that's just overflowing, like Or even just like imagining a kitchen counter filled with all different types of fruit from the farmer's market. I have to visualize abundance and then I feel it. Um, Are there any visuals that you would recommend for people that are struggling to feel abundance that they can close their eyes and think of and it can support them having or understanding what that feeling is? Yes. And first it's like, I think a, a really powerful thing with money is understanding So I'm going to use the, um, comparison. This is actually from one of my favorite authors, spiritual authors, the power of the subconscious mind by Joseph Murphy. Yes. So he talks about oceans of abundance, like working with the idea of the, of the ocean when it comes to money, if we feel lack Think about the ocean of abundance that is all around us. We have oxygen. Think about the grains of sand on a beach, the leaves on a tree. They fall and then they rejuvenate in the spring. And when we think about the ocean, the ebb and flow, and this is not always easy. If, and if you, are in a, if you are in a season of an ebb or a season of a feeling of lack or not enough, there is something there to look at. And sometimes it's in a grander context with an economy. Sometimes it's just, you hate your job. Your business is in a tricky place. We all have experiences, no matter how much money we have, where we can feel in ebb or we can feel in a season of, of lack or in scarcity. But just like the thing that's been so healing for me is, well, just as the tides of the ocean come in, they also go out. Just as leaves fall off a tree in the fall and are barren in the winter, they become more plentiful again in, uh, in the spring. And it's just, that's been healing for someone like me who is also raised in scarcity mindset, like, and raised with fear of loss and whether for your community, that's a big thing or a little thing. Everyone has their own relationship to that. First, if you feel like you're in a season of ebb, why? Is it, you need to look at the root and not bypass it. Cause as much as I want to say, visualize an ocean of abundance and you're like, 
what are you talking about? Like, I literally, I don't have time to do that. Like I'm stressed out. It's like, sit, just sit with and be like, well, what is the source of stress? One thing I teach with money. And if we want to feel abundant, you cannot be avoidant. Avoidance is the number one thing. It's the number one thing that deters us, deters us from our greatest prosperity. No matter how much money you have or don't have, we can never be avoidant with money. Just like any relationship that we want to be good and healthy and wonderful, we can't ignore it. We have to take care of it and respect it. So the visualization, once you've gotten to the source of like, well, why do I feel in lack or what's coming up for me? Or do I have a spending issue or am I in debt or like what is actually going on? Well, first take care of that on the tactical side or create a space to deep with whatever is going on in your life because avoidance will never create abundance. Now, the other piece of that that's always been really soothing for me is that ocean visualization. Just as things come in, they also go out, but they come back in again. One of my favorite money teachers, Denise Duffel Thomas, she literally says like money is always coming back. Money is always on the way. It's always returning. I say that to myself all the time. I'm like, as I release something, it is coming back to me. I just ran my, I have a a car that I love and I backed it into an alley wall. I had never done that before. And I was like, okay, going to have to first take care of that and then spend the money to get it fixed. And it's just kind of one of those things where like, I couldn't ignore that I backed my car into an alley wall. I had to actually take care of it. And then now it's smooth and beautiful again. And I said, God, will you pay for this? And I just like, it's kind of my little joke. I'll be like, universe, will you pay for this? And just being in that kind of energy of humor, especially when you make a mess up like that, because it happens and that's what money is there for. It's there to support us. Well, with that in mind, and you need to call in more clients, um, how can we call in what you call soulmate clients or what is, I should start with, what is a soulmate client? Well, yeah. So to me, I would say a soulmate client is someone that you just feel deeply aligned with in working with where you're just like, you know, those moments where you're sitting across with someone or you're, you're serving them in your work and you're like, God, this just feels so right. It just feels so nourishing for both sides. To me, that is a soulmate client. And in terms of calling in your soulmate clients, well, you have to be authentic to who you actually are. Like if you think you need to be something to quote unquote, get clients. I never like when people say the word get like, oh, I need to get clients. I'm like, do you want to be getted? I'm like, I don't think anyone wants to be getted. Like let's, let's not think about getting, but yes, do you, you have to have clients to build your business? Of course. But first and foremost, be anchored in the service that you provide walk your talk and be really good, like be really good so that you can be of service and be useful to whomever you are serving. And then in terms of calling in or magnetizing your clients, I, at least what it has been for me is just being in that really authentic embodiment of me. Like Mm -hmm. I work with people that I really align and resonate with because they know who I am and everyone has varying degrees of what it is that they feel comfortable in terms of expressing on social media or whatnot. So find a way that works for you, but just know that through your branding, through your messaging, through the way you present yourself, the way you communicate when you're just doing that from your heart and who you are as an individual, I think that's really important because 
like if I'm think I need to be something so people book sessions with me, but then they get to meet me and they're like, well, you're completely different. That's going to not be good. Like for either of us, cause I think it's exhausting to be something that you're not. But I also totally honor that for some people being completely and totally authentic or super open on social media or through their marketing is, is maybe a little bit more challenging. So it's really just exploring your relationship to your self-expression, but understand that if you want to call in the people that you want to work with and have those, like those, I call them like soul contracts. I believe so strongly that there are people on this planet that I am destined to work with. Like we've made agreements and I'm literally just as they have been there. It's like what you asked me about how I felt called to work with certain mentors. Well, the ones I used my left brain for, and I was like, Oh, I should, because they've done this or, Oh, I think I should do that. Those were always the ones that didn't really work out. But the people who are, I felt this call and this pull from my heart, it was like this inexplainable thing. I think that those are the people that I've had contracts with. And they've all proven to be very, very deep relationships. Many of them I'm best friends with now, which is kind of hilarious, but they first guided me. So I think that that's just a really special thing is how safe do you feel to, to be completely yourself and then express that through your brand, through your message, through your content and really calling in your people. And being like, Hey, I'm here. I'm ready for you when you're ready. And just, yeah, not giving up on, on calling them forward and keeping your heart open. So one of the astrologers that I work with that I mentioned to you, Miara Rose, mm-hmm. she believes the same thing. And oh, she'll I love show that. me, yeah, she'll show me in my chart every year when new contracts should be coming in, whether it's people Amazing. that I work with or however the connection is. But like we've talked about before, it may be coming up in my chart in the year ahead in a certain month. But unless I take action, it doesn't mean it's gonna happen. So we have to put some energy into it too. It could just be that's the best month to make that next connection. Yes, and it could be like you're out, like you go to this restaurant that you really like, you happen to start talking to somebody and they're like, so what do you do? And you're like, oh, you know, I do X, Y, Z and I love to help this kind of person. And they're like, oh my God, like I've been looking for that. And if you were in that conversation and you were like, yeah, I'm a blobbly blue, 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 like you just don't even say, cause you're nervous to say it. They're like, oh, cool. Well, and the conversation shifts. Well, what if they were actually looking for you? And look, I'm not somebody who's like, go out and hand out 65 business cards. Like, I'm sorry, no. Do any of us even have business cards anymore? I like it to be a little bit more like human to human interaction. And also when you ask me about abundance mindset, this is something I actually teach in my business school. I'm like having an abundance mindset in business is knowing that you are guided and supported by something so much bigger than your mind so much bigger than your brain. Your logic is here to support you, but it is not, it is not 
your God. It is not your guides. It is not the thing that's going to get you where you want to go. It's a freaking tool, but we have been conditioned in a society and even in a world that worships logic. And it, as I said, logic is important. Of course, logic is what keeps us from walking into traffic, but to think that it is going to be the thing that takes you where you want to go. It is a tool for the heart. It's a tool to help higher guidance, make it to you and actually be applied through your life. And I, I, I am really passionate about that because I've done so many things in my life where it was the shoulds and the left brain and the, they did this, she did that. I should do it. And it's like the thing where I have guided, I have trusted my heart guidance. I know it sounds like a Hallmark card, but it's really flipping true. And there's a reason it's a cliche because it's freaking, it's true. It's like when you trust this subtle knowing it's going to take you where you need to go, but so few people, and I see it all the time in my work. So few people feel safe trusting that right off the bat. They think they need to learn and lean into this in the deepest way. And it's like, look, that's why the way I teach and I get really passionate because I'm like, that isn't going to just be the thing. It can be a part of the thing, but it's not the whole damn thing. You're missing it when you don't, when you forget that there's something beyond that actually calling you forward, actually guiding the ship. And it doesn't mean sit back and like eat popcorn all day and like let your guides take care of it. It's exactly what you mentioned with. It's like, you've got to be playing the game too and show up, but like, let like your soul guide you a little bit more. Let your heart guide you, let your intuition guide you. I promise like that's the way. And like, I mean, it t- it's taken me way longer, quote unquote, to get where I was always meant to go because I always talked back to that voice and I tried to strong arm it all the time. And yeah, it's just, it's take it for me, like freaking 15 years in the making. It's just like, trust it sooner and see what you can create because you're, you, what you love and what you feel pulled towards, it is not there to lead you astray. It's there to lead you forward. So rant over, but yeah, that's like, I, I hope that that's helpful for someone. Cause I just feel like that's something I, I wish I had really like anchored and trusted much sooner on my well path. Said. Well, as we wrap up, can you can you share with the listener maybe one, two, or three things that you currently do in your morning or evening routine that's really supportive right now? Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I so right now, yeah, it's my it's my naked red light with my singing bowl. Like that's like <laughs> I do. Well, first I get up. I do tongue scraping, oil pulling. Um, I meditate for ten minutes. I either do something guided or I just sit in silence or I play the singing bowl all with the red light. Um, I, my morning ritual these days is eating breakfast. Like I am like a full blown breakfast eater. Now I used to be someone who was just so all over the place with stuff like that. And I just turned me into a low blood sugar cuckoo head. So now I'm like really, really into eating breakfast. That's like part of my spiritual practice. And then, yeah, I go to the gym. I either do like a long walk, um, or I go and do like my weight workout and the nighttime, It depends. Some nights I need to just check out and I order sushi and I watch Netflix with my husband. And then some nights I make dinner 
And I like to turn down the lights, put on my blue blockers and just go do my spiritual practice. So I read my tarot, um, I journal, I read, I study, um, and then some nights I Netflix and I online shop. It's like, it's just kind of like all the gamut, but it, I really just feel into like what I need. And sometimes it's not even about, I know the moments when I want to just check out and I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to watch Netflix and online shop tonight. Actually, what you need to do is go and sit down at your altar, meditate, breathe and just be with yourself. So it's really using my barometer and sometimes my discipline to really let me know like what is the best practice for me in the moment. But I love that question. And I just like, I'm like so into like nighttime practice. It's like my favorite thing. That's when I like to do my spiritual work as well. Yeah. Cause some mornings I need to just get rolling and I'm like, let's go breakfast. I got to teach, like go to the gym. And then some mornings I have a little more space, but nighttime just feels so amazing to get to do just I your, agree. things for you. Spe- there's a different silence at that time than the morning silence. And I feel like yes, no matter where you are, if there's silence, there's still birds chirping. And that's such an upward energy movement. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of catch on to that mm-hmm. versus at night it's much more it's a different type of quiet it's much more still it really helps us yes. to go inward yeah, well thank you babe. so much for your time i'm so glad thank you this is amazing i'm so appreciative babe. thank you so, for asking me to come on this was fantastic. i hope this was helpful and thank you for your insight on the north nodes and on business and on money mindset yes. and just on the things that are really working for you right now. Um, I always love hearing how people, you know, people that are living great lives, the tools that they're using to support them. Um, it's such a great way for us to figure out what we need to add into our own. So thank you so much. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to this episode of the high vibration living podcast please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are tuning in from to help more listeners like and find this podcast. And if you really loved what you heard today, pay it forward and send this episode to a friend or loved one. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. You can find me and follow along on my chef adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Thanks again for tuning in. Cheers to you and your health. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.